Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Typically, our show is recorded live at the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. However, for those of you who have been listening this summer, we are doing Beer Me on the Road. So I'm still interviewing people from different facets of the beer world, brewers, educators, importers, so that we can look at the beer world through different lenses. However, instead of in Washington, D.C., I am interviewing wherever I happen to be in the world. So uh, this week... I'm in Orlando, Florida, uh, and I am talking to Aaron Schmalsley. Uh, he is the co-founder of Castle Church Brewing Company here in Orlando, Florida. He founded uh, this brewery with his wife, Joelle, along with Jared Witt. Uh, so, Aaron, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. It's great to be here. Thank you. So you have this stunning space you opened in December 2018, and the interesting thing about your brewery is that it is a brewery church. Yeah, we so, are the yeah. first craft brewery owned by a church that we're aware of. I, I think I think you're 100% yeah, correct okay. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so can you explain to the listeners kind of how that happened? Yeah, we started as a homebrew club in search of a beer recipe. And both Joelle and uh, my wife, Joelle, and I our pastor's kids and we Lutheran pastor's kids. Hey, you got a pastor's kid right here. Hey, all right. Uh, (laughs) Birds of a feather, right? Um, We know that Martin Luther, the reformer and theologian had a favorite style of beer, but unfortunately it went extinct in the 1600s. Um, But he wrote about it. He put even mentioned it in love letters to his wife while he was traveling. As one should do. As one should do with beer. Exactly. (laughs) And so uh, it became this kind of homebrew mission to figure out this historic recipe of Martin Luther's, uh, which was called the Einbecker. Um, Interestingly enough, the Einbecker region uh, um, was destroyed during some war in the 1600s. And until then, the Einbecker Ale was the most popular beer in Europe for about 350 years. Uh, When the city region was destroyed, all of the brewers moved to Munich uh, and started brewing Bach beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we know how famous those are. So one could only imagine how incredible this Einbecker would have would have tasted like. Um, and so if you read all the theology of Martin Luther, all the works of what people recorded that he said, even the love letter notes to his <laughs> wife, um, you come up with, a, I think it was 27 breadcrumbs, I called them. Uh, we put them all on a legal pad and started analyzing, well, if you said it was th- this color, this tartness, this type of refreshing, we do know the historic ingredients of the region in the time. 
um, and the water tables they had, uh, you're able to reproduce a likeness of this, a replica of this medieval beer. Wow. Um, so you did a deep dive. We did a deep dive. Okay. Yeah, we geeked out on it big time. <laughs> Uh, and I got something that was pretty close and thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to share this recipe with people and churches, especially uh, in the Protestant church, there was just the 500th observance of the Reformation, mm-hmm. uh, which also Martin Luther's uh, credited as being um, one of the... Big players. Big players yeah. in, the, in that. Yeah, exactly. Nailing the grievances. Um, so to the we church. got a group of, I think, a cohort of. It was started with nine, and then went to twelve people who would come to the garage to our house, and we'd entertain, and we'd brew a batch of beer, and we'd drink the previous month's batch, and we would leapfrog and improve upon the recipe. That group grew to twenty, grew to forty. People started bringing spouses, friends, neighbors. At one point, uh, at the peak of that growth, we even had uh, strangers from a gas station when someone was stopping to get ice and it sounded cool, so they came over. (laughs) Uh, So we just had a lot of fun with it. And what we noticed was an organic community kind of grew out of this this home brewing club or Mm -hmm. this, this, this meetings that we had. Um, people started offering to say, hey, I play music, or I, hey, I have games, or hey, I'm a chef, can I cook? Um, and we developed this just really cool, fun time. Um, and we had a lot of, so, so the church, everyone's wondering, where does the church come into this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it might have been a mix of looking at old church documents. Um, also, we had some church-type friends that were coming to this group. Um, But we had a lot of unchurched people as well, and that's kind of the key here. A lot of people that said, I will never darken the door of a church, started asking questions about faith and baptism and some of the deeper things of life. And when, we didn't press them, but when we said, why are you you comfortable talking about baptism and asking us to pray and all this kind of stuff in the garage drinking a beer? And they said, well... If we're in a garage drinking a beer and in this type of community, we know it's not going to be judgmental. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people who we've kind of affectionately termed here church refugees, uh, especially down here in the Bible Belt, they've been kicked out of their faith community for drinking a beer um, or for many other reasons that just don't jive with the way people want to live their life today. Yeah. Um, even though they may be spiritual, just not religious. Um and so people were very open and very receptive uh, to talking about this. And two things kind of came to a point here. One, uh, people were, like I said, asking, asking us to pray for family members and almost embarrassedly asking us because, you know, they had said, I'll never go to church. I'm not in- interested in that. But then I don't know why I'm asking, but can we pray today? Uh, and then we also had a couple who was pregnant and start, asked if we could baptize, if we could baptize their, their child when it mm-hmm. was born. And I said, in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we kind of said was, yeah, sure, the Ethiopian in the Bible was baptized in a puddle. You know, I mean, we can, we can do a baptism anywhere, but there are a lot of benefits to being a part of a formal faith community uh, and, and all that comes with that. So... Uh, we were fortunate enough, we had a pastor in our midst uh, with Jared Witt, um, and we sat down and uh, we kind of said, what would it look like if we were to uh, formalize as a faith community, become a church, 
Uh, and then instead of building a, a sanctuary or a church building, we built a brewery and just worshiped in the brewery. Uh, and the more we looked at that, the more it became exciting, uh, actually, and we started pursuing it. Um, as the story goes, Jared and I, Jared was a pastor at a very successful uh, suburban church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a cushy hospital executive job. Um, and uh, <clears throat> as the story goes, we started thinking more and more about this concept or idea of a brewery church uh, opposed, as, as opposed to our jobs, you know. So yeah. we're sitting at our, I'm sitting at my desk, you know, balancing monthly statements for the department. And I'm like actually thinking about the next homebrew day and this community of people. Right around that time, uh, we had grown. I think we had about 120 people come to one of our monthly brew days to drink beer. Wow. And by this time, we're, we're a year or two into these. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had not just the historic Einbecker recipe, which is on tap here. Uh, so if any, any of your listeners are in Orlando and want to try a medieval replica beer that tastes really good. Yeah, um, I'll need to try that Come here to Castle Church. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get one of those next. Um, so we went to our regional church um, mm-hmm. here in the Lutheran Church. It's called a synod. Uh, it's part of the Florida Bahamas Synod down here. Uh, and that's just a regional uh, organization of the National Church, which is based out of Chicago. Got both the National Church and our regional church involved. Showed them the business plan, the mm-hmm. idea, the concept, the mission goals, and uh fully expecting to get laughed out of offices or hung up on phone calls and to our surprise everybody was receptive and not only receptive but the excitement kind of caught um so almost everybody we talked to about this i mean they had really good questions uh but they were wanting to see this happen and said any way we can support you let us know uh so we started formalizing as a faith community Um, We had some rented space. We were looking for a good location. uh, And we were really lucky because a Lutheran church right here, about a mile away from where we're currently located, Mm -hmm. um, uh, shut down. um, And they donated some of the sales of the proceeds of their building um, to start up a new church in the area. And we fit the ticket, and uh, we were able to able to become a lot bigger than we would have been otherwise. Yeah. So, um, and for those of you just tuning in, I am speaking with Aaron Smallsley, uh, one of the co-founders of Castle Castle Church Brewing Company uh, in Orlando, Florida. So, I'm curious. The Lutheran Church was all about being a part of this. Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the Lutheran churches, uh, especially in the ELCA, we're part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Mm -hmm. America, um, it has always been very receptive to mission plants, mission starts, mission redevelopment sites. Okay. Uh, Really, it, it, it comes down to there's an understanding of the gospel that the gospel meets people where they're at. That good news meets people in their daily life. And one of the and and so they they had supported pub theology, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where this, you know you go into a brewery or a pub, and that's where you have your Bible and study. You have your that's Bible where you study. have your Bible study. Uh, a big one in the Lutheran Church currently, and in the last five or ten years, is has also been um, 
uh, uh, beer and hymns. So you, again, you go into a bar, you go into a brewer, local brewery, uh, and they'll sing they'll sing some of the old hymns, some new church yeah. hymns, that puts uh, a which spin sound on drinking songs. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, ironically, in the Lutheran Church, Martin Luther one he popularized he took the the, the church which was all in Latin at the time mm-hmm. and he actually. Uh, solidified the modern German language. Uh, people were speaking a lot of dialects yeah. and solidified, codified that. Uh, and then he took all those traditional church texts and put them to drinking hymns of the day. So when you hear an old church hymn, yeah. you know, one of these old church hymns, some people say they're dirgy, but actually those were the popular music and the bar drinking songs of the day yeah. just with some theological text in them. Personally, I prefer my hymns a la 1800s. Those, <laughs> I, am, I respect contemporary worship, but I am, I am more of the older. <laughs> There's a lot of, me, of meaning in it. And I'll tell you, uh, when, when you, you know, grab your, your glass of beer mm-hmm. and you get to really belt out some of these old hymns, it takes on a new meaning. You really get into it. Yeah. So the church was open to the idea, and one of the things my focus, uh, uh, aside from healthcare, had also been I had worked with the Synod on uh, doing discipleship training and faith formation, um, and and Jared had done the same in his congregation. And so we were interested... Sorry, for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, discipleship training involves... Uh, Growing growing in your faith, Mm -hmm. um, and... um, um, living out your faith in your everyday life. And, and so the church was really interested because we were trying to build a concept in a place where you didn't just go once a week to worship. You could mm-hmm. go every day of the week and you could talk about beer. You could talk about Jesus. You could talk about anything. Yeah. It did, it, nothing was off limits. And we like to say when you come through the door, you're one of us. Um, so we're really, and, and actually, I don't want to correct you, but it's Castle Church Brewing Community. Not ah. company, and so uh, oh, please correct me. Yeah, we Sorry we really that. focus on the community aspect, yeah. um, and ways that one we can brew a community here within the walls, mm-hmm. um, but also ways that we can um, build community outside of our walls as well. And this is something that's very important, and we we've, we've talked about this on the show before, um, in that breweries are such an important part of a community and a lot of times breweries will go to you know for the sake of cheaper rents they'll go to an area of a city or wherever that you know is a little underdeveloped and you know brewers have a tendency to get involved in their communities in very positive ways and really make some great impacts Um, and so this is I feel like part of that kind of stewardship that, that yeah you are. and so from the very point we opened we we've done uh, 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 community cares nights so any nonprofit charity organization can come in and we plan it out ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, they promote it to all their people uh, we promote it to our people and we'll donate 15 percent of all the uh, draft sales for the night to that organization that's been super popular we do a couple of those every month um, we also we support mission and ministry both through our Lutheran Church 
Uh, we also work with the Haitian to Moon Foundation, so that's a little international involvement as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, uh, we just packaged up our second harvest Hefeweizen uh, yesterday, um, and proceeds of that are going to go to help charity as well. So there's lots of ways that we can get plugged in and involved with the community and with other organizations that are doing a great job mm-hmm. um, reaching people. We're lucky in that this location we're at We're not in any one neighborhood, so to say. Uh, We're north of the Orlando airport. And if you think of a couple of surrounding neighborhoods as a Venn diagram, we're kind of in the shaded region of five really big and growing um, um, neighborhoods. Okay. Um, So we we draw from diverse communities, um, which is fun for a lot of our customers because they come in and they see some of their neighbors, but they meet a lot of new people. And there's like this... uh, there's a community brewing here. Let's just say that. What I like that. Um, what has the reaction been? I mean, obviously, you have people who come here on a regular basis, but do you get people that kind of wander in as far as, you know, they're just here for a brewery and like, oh, there's a church. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, all your listeners are going to come when they come travel to Orlando, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. everybody check this place out. I'm drinking a Pilsner right now. I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we get people from all over all over Orlando. Um, we have our regulars that come two and three times a week. We have people that come when they're in town. The big one being close to the airport is we also get tourists, um, beer travelers, uh, people that come to the mouse parks uh, or the movie parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not mentioning any names here. Fair enough. Um, they, uh, they come either before or after their flight. Um, or in between going to the different parks. And uh, the big one is we get people picking friends up from the airport and we're one of the first stops and they they can reconnect rather than, you know, in baggage claim or in the car. Yeah. Uh, they'll reconnect here at the in the tap room, which is really fun. But have you but have you had people, you know, surprised that this is a church as well? We have. Well, you know, when you, you if, if you walk in, it doesn't look like a church, right? It looks no. like a brew house. Well, there are some, I mean, I'm having like really fun little flashbacks here from child. Like you have a, a space for children to hang out and, you know, this looks, this looks like, you know, the church nursery in a cube surrounded by a brewery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Which is, it's, it's fun, you know, and you have this meeting space it's it's just really funny. It's like these two worlds are like colliding in in a very you know nice way. Yeah, and we actually have we have families and parents that travel. Mm-hmm. Let's say they pass two other breweries up to come here because they know we have the children's room and they really appreciate that. Um, we do have church events uh, throughout the week. We mm-hmm. have uh, three worship services. We have a couple Bible studies a week. But we also have comedy shows, open mic nights, um, movie nights. Uh, we showed, you know, a couple movies last night. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it's... Uh, everybody's it's, welcome. You're, everybody's welcome. And you're right, it mm-hmm. is this fun mix. It, we have a lot of people that come in who still aren't interested in church and maybe mm-hmm. never will be. That's fine with us. Yeah. We're interested in people. Um, and building community and really authentic relationships. Um, so if that's just the bartender recognizes you and slides your favorite beer across the bar, like that's great. Um, and if you are super excited about a Bible study with beer mm-hmm. with me on Thursday, that's great too. Like, you get to do Bible study and beer? Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Had I been able to do beer with my Bible study... <laughs> <laughs> 
every Thursday night we do a beer and Bible study. So if if anybody's interested, we do have a mobile app from Mm -hmm. your favorite app store. It's Castle Church Brewing, and it should come up uh, with our beer logo. Um, And uh, it has it has not only our worship stuff, but it also has events calendars and beer and tasting notes and things like that on it. So it might give help people or our website. Um, yeah. I'm going to shameless plug here. I'm sorry. Do, do it. Do uh, it. Everyone shameless plugs. www.castlechurchbrewing.com. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I mean, I've talked to um, a couple different people who have been pastors and, you know, turned brewers. Um, and, you know, sometimes they make a big effort to, um, you know, kind of keep those worlds separate in a way, you know, because they don't want to make somebody who uh, doesn't have that faith to feel uncomfortable. Um, what do you think about that? I don't want to, I don't, what works for them must work for them. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, I, we always just try to respect people, where they're coming from. Everybody has their own story. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, for myself, and I think for many of our team here and mm-hmm. many of our regulars, it's hard to actually draw that line with where does my faith stop? Faith for me is not a once a week kind of thing, and it certainly is not limited to a place. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a faith-filled person and, and grateful for the blessings God has put in my life, whether I'm at a theme park or in a brewery. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it doesn't make sense to actually draw that line. Now, it does make sense to respect people's wishes. We're definitely not ramming faith or spirituality down your throat when you come through Castle Church. History has taught us that doesn't work. It, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, but we respect people, and I think people respect that as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something that you mentioned that I feel very strongly about, you know, we're going to go on a faith tangent, guys. Um, the thing is, for me, a lot of times I think people treat their faith as like a box to check, right? I go to church on Sundays, check that box. I, you know, tithe, check that tithe, giving 10% of your income, I check that box. I volunteered at a soup kitchen, check that box. And I feel like... Um, you know, I think people forget that it needs to be a living, breathing thing that kind of morphs with you. Um, so I, I appreciate the fact that you know this is something that kind of lets the the worlds blend, you know, as it were. So I, cool. I, I appreciate well, thank that. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and as far as uh, you know, the uh, the actual services themselves. You said you have three services. Yeah. Can this, people drink during service? Well, here uh, on Wednesday nights, yes. Okay. Wednesday nights. We actually encourage people, grab a beer and come to church. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is at 7.07 at night. We started with one service. Why 7.07? Uh, well, it's this thing uh, Pastor Jared started 11.11 on Sunday mornings. was okay. our first worship service ever. And for about a year of construction, we met in a tailgate tent on camp chairs on the dirt site. Every single Sunday at 11.11, I guess everyone asks, why 11.11? There's no numerology or symbology to it mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. Uh, it's just you can't, for, you won't forget it. It's churches at 11.11. Yeah. And people try to get there at 11. They probably show up at 11.11. Anyway, it's Orlando. There's crazy traffic on weekends. Um, 
So we started with an 11-11, and then that, uh, during Lent, uh, so in the prepara- in the Christian preparation building up to Easter time, mm-hmm. uh, traditionally Christians and in the Lutheran church, we meet Wednesday nights during the 40 days of Lent. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we did that one tongue-in-cheek at 7.07. And it was so well attended, not only by, by our Sunday worshipers and community, but also by people who said, hey, I do work at the hotel's hospitality restaurants. I can't make, or the parks, theme parks, mm-hmm. I can't make Sunday mornings. If you kept a Wednesday night, I would go to that. Yeah. And so we Everyone's said, working brunch. okay, let's do Sunday, let's do Wednesday nights. So we added, we kept in 707 on Wednesday. 1111 on Sundays has grown so much. We're at capacity uh, in the beer garden. We So we hold worship in the beer garden. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big fountain in the middle, uh, and that's our baptismal font. Um, and uh, we'll take a look back there in yeah, a second. Yeah. We have we have Munich beer garden tables, um, and we just we just rearrange them a little bit, and it makes a great worship space. So we outgrew that space uh, pretty quickly in about four months, uh, and we added a 909. So 909, no one's drinking at nine and nine in the morning on a Sunday challenge, that I'm aware challenge of. Challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> sure. All right, fair enough. Uh, 1111 people are still drinking their coffee Mm -hmm. but after church is over we're done by about noon uh people stick around we do have a beer we'll pour a few beers but then the doors open for business at one which is a lot of fun because we've got customers coming in at one church is finishing up everyone's had a beer everyone can have a beer together there's great energy and it's it's just a fun day again that that really beats coffee and donuts after church, I gotta say. I do like my coffee and donuts, though. Those are kind of staples in the Lutheran church as well. They're in the so, United Methodist yeah. church as well. United Methodist church is fueled by coffee and donuts. Makes the world go around, right? Uh, but we've just added, added beer into the mix. Yeah. Uh, and it, everyone loves it. It's a, just a good time. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I really appreciate sure it. Yeah, thank you. Um, definitely when you're in Orlando, come check it out it's right by the airport really really easy to get to big beautiful space um if you have any questions comments concerns feel free to reach out on instagram at beer me radio or on gmail beer me radio at gmail.com uh, i am your host sarah jane this has been beer me we'll see you next week cheers <laughs>